Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, there's chaos over COVID at Dancing with the Stars, how the show plans to push forward despite multiple contestants testing positive. Plus, Shakira has a wild run-in, hip-hop legends headline the Super Bowl, and a deep dive into Grey's Anatomy drama behind the scenes. It's October 1st. Hi, everyone. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. Top of October to you all, a whole new month, and it's Friday, and I'm feeling festive. So let's kick it off with some haunting new music from singer Giveon. That's his new single, For Tonight, that he recently performed on Jimmy Fallon. It's got this sexy, eerie vibe, and I'm loving it. Love me some Giveon. And on the topic of new music, we now know who will be gracing the most watched stage of the year. Super Bowl 2022 halftime show taking place at LA's SoFi Stadium will be headlined by hip-hop legend Dr. Dre, joined by fellow heavyweights Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. In a statement, Dr. Dr. Dre said, the opportunity to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show and to do it in my own backyard will be one of the biggest thrills of my career. Yes. L.A. native, and he's going to bring that whole vibe to the stage. It's going to be epic. Now, for some truly wild music news, Shakira had the scare of a lifetime the other day. While walking through a park in Barcelona with her eight-year-old son, Milan, they were attacked by a pair of wild boars. I'm not kidding. Thank God they're both okay. But she took to Instagram with a video of her torn bag and talked about fighting them off. So crazy. Uh, One more music note. Cardi B is offering some insight into her postpartum life. Of course, she just welcomed a son with husband Offset. We haven't gotten his name yet, but happy news. But she shared recently on Instagram that it was, quote, a crazy A delivery. You can fill in that A if you know Cardi B. And I hate to paraphrase Cardi B. So just listen to a bit of what she shared with fans. Everybody just like, Cardi, you so snatched. What do you do? You did lipo. You had a tummy tuck. You cannot do surgery after you give birth. Especially me. I lost so much blood, guys. Yes, I look snatched, especially when I take these paparazzi pictures. And I'm like this. I'm really like this, guys. Uh, you know I like to be real with you guys. And that's because my skin is still loose and I still got a little pouchy pouch right here. Well, I love a good music roundup. But in other news, let's talk TV. Dancing with the Stars has yet another breakthrough COVID case. Like what? Last week, professional dancer Cheryl Burke tested positive for COVID-19. This week, her partner, Peloton star Cody Rigsby, tested positive. Both were vaccinated prior to this, and Cody even had COVID earlier this year. How is this happening? Luckily, People's TV editor, Brianne Heldman, is here to fill us in. Hi, Brianne. Hi, Janine. This story's crazy. It's pretty wild, right? You haven't seen, like, just a production of this caliber have this many cases, I feel like. No, you you really haven't. And certainly, 
not these reality shows where they really have been quarantining everyone, every cast member, every crew member. And this one, I don't know. It seems like things got a little loosey-goosey here. So we know that last week these two couldn't perform live because of Cheryl's positive COVID test results, but they were still able to compete by using their rehearsal video. Now Cody has tested positive. So what happens next? Is there another rehearsal video for them to fall back on? (laughs) So if you can believe it, they actually announced this morning that Cheryl and Cody will be dancing this week. But they will be performing in separate rooms. What? So how is that how is that even going to work? I think it's gonna be a very interesting thing to see how they coordinate that. I'm I mean, this is a guy who's not a professional dancer. Usually one of the big elements of rehearsal is the pro teaching the star how to actually do these moves and move their hips and point their toes. And Cheryl's not exactly going to be in the room adjusting him as they're rehearsing and figuring this out. And then I can't even imagine what it's going to be like split screens madness during the performance on Monday. But Cody Rigsby has turned out to be one of the really surprise popular players this season. And I think it's so early in the competition that it would be such a shame to let him go because of this. It, right? So so let's just talk about how it's possible people on a highly televised show who've been vaccinated are getting COVID. I, I assume major precautions are being taken for a show of this caliber, but these cases are definitely making me question that. Like, do we know the protocols that Dancing with the Stars have in place? So the protocols, as far as we know, is that the, the cast is tested a minimum of three times a week. Mm. Supposedly... They're not supposed to be traveling, but we definitely know that they have been. Cody even said in a podcast on Tuesday that he and Cheryl had been flying back and forth to New York. We know that Jimmy Allen has been traveling and performing concerts. Um, And while they're still local, Mm -hmm. JoJo Mm -hmm. has been appearing at events. She was at Halloween Horror Nights. So it's not like they're having these stars quarantine the way that they probably did last season. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting. I'm sure we're going to hear more and more about how they're cracking things down and trying to rope things in. But part of the appeal for some of these stars is the ability to continue their careers, to have their pros go with them on the road so that they're not having to just put their whole lives on hold while they're yeah. doing this show. Wow. Well, Brianne, thank you so much. And happy Friday. Happy Friday. All right, so this next segment is for past, present, and future fans of Grey's Anatomy. You know, that uber-popular show that's been on the air for more than 15 years? Season 18 premiered last night, and while we're not planning to give you any spoilers, we are going to go behind the scenes of the show with a woman who literally wrote the book on it. Lynette Rice is an editor-at-large for Entertainment Weekly and the author of the hit new book, How to Save a Life, an oral history of Grey's Anatomy. Hi, Lynette. Hi, so good to be here. So good to have you. So so one thing you dig into a lot in this book is the exit. So you talk about Patrick Dempsey leaving the show and his relationship with his co-stars. I'm wondering if you can share some of those stories and, and whose story surprised you as you dug back into it. 
when I was at, you know, I've been at EW for 20 years and I had the exclusive exit interview with him. But even as I sat down and talked with him at the time, I felt like I wasn't getting the whole story because no one, especially somebody as important as this actor, leaves in such a dramatic fashion if there wasn't some story behind it. And so when I I embarked on this book, I knew I wanted to try to find more detail. And I just happened to call up a producer and he was there on the show at the very beginning. Then he left and then he came back for Patrick's final season. And he explained to me that he was brought back as Patrick's, you know, the Patrick whisperer, like, Mm. like, like Patrick needed his own special producer to handle this final year on the show, which was, as I'm listening to this guy explain this to me, it's like, what the hell? What what are you talking about? (laughs) And then he proceeded to explain what, you know, Patrick had become, the kind of man that he became on the set. He was just burned out. But he also recognized the power that he wielded and just made life miserable for those who were on the set to the point that HR had to get involved. It was just incredible to hear and I just stumbled upon it when I just was calling a guy for like, give me some quotes about the first season. Oh, my goodness. Not McDreamy. Not McDreamy. <laughs> and even then, it's funny, as the book has come out and that chapter has been picked up many times, there are still fans. God bless them. Uh, and I mean that in the most genuine way possible. God bless them. They don't want to think that. Patrick the man is different from Derek Shepard the character. That was the genius of Shonda and what she created. She wanted to create this character that was the fantasy husband for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I mean we really truly believe that, probably to a fault, because we didn't <laughs> let Patrick Dempsey be a human. That uh, That's true. And so you bring up Shonda, though. What was the relationship like there? We've seen a lot about what that working relationship was like. But did other actors get along with Dempsey? And, and, and take me into the Shonda story. Very early on, everyone who I talked to, I mean, they were just enchanted by Patrick. Because coming in, he was the actor, certainly with the most experience being in front of the camera, being in the limelight. Mm-hmm. And so people naturally gravitated to Patrick and imagine what that must have been like for somebody like Ellen, who like her her character's name is in the dial. But Patrick could always get the lion's share of the attention. I have to think that this is exactly what Shonda wanted. And she was very protective of that character. And I've made that clear in the book because, again, she needed to protect that McDreamy side of him so we would all love him. But Mm -hmm. also to then watch your creation turn into this monster toward the end that made life miserable for the others on set. It got to the point that, you know, one writer on the show told me that Shonda was like, it's either him or me. Next up, more juicy, oh my goodness, details from behind the scenes at Grey's Anatomy. Stick around. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. 
Hi there. I am back now with Entertainment Weekly editor-at-large and now New York Times bestselling author Lynette Rice talking about her new book, Giving All the Dirt on Grey's Anatomy. And so, Lynette, let's talk about Ellen Pompeo. Just this week, she opened up about a blow-up she had with Denzel Washington back when he was a guest director on the show. She improvised a line to Patrick Dempsey. Denzel got mad and said, I'm the director. And they went at it a bit before resolving things. She says she really respects him, but also was protective of the show at the time. So tell me about this. And and do you have any other just good stories about guest stars or directors on the show? I was shocked to see that she would say something like that. Absolutely. It is her show. Um, it's very strange for her to drop an expletive, you know, in explaining what it was like to work with an Oscar winner like Denzel Washington, you know, cast it in a negative light. It seems like a very, you know, strange choice that she made. I think what was most interesting about this journey uh, was trying to understand what it must have been like for these actors to become huge virtually overnight and how they navigated that journey. You know, the very first scandal that broke out was the one involving Isaiah Washington, the choice that he made to drop a homophobic slur, which he then repeated at the Golden Globes a couple weeks yeah. later. I mean, nothing prepares these young actors for life in the limelight. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's even hard. I think that's what people want to go back and dissect the story of Isaiah Washington because they don't understand, you know, a, the brass ring was handed to this man and immediately it it, it all went away. Well, you, you can't talk about Gray's exits without talking about Katherine Heigl. So, so just remind us quickly what happened there, why she left, and what she's said about it since. I, well, I, I definitely like to, as I, you talk about Katherine Heigl, I like to put it through the lens of the, um, the, the post-Me Too movement now. It was very easy to, comp- to immediately jump and say, she's ungrateful, she's a diva. Well, of course, she's an outspoken woman. Why does it have to be, a, uh, you know, a pejorative mm-hmm. all of a sudden? She's like, she ha- why does it have to be a negative? She was the first one to win an Emmy. Um, She was very outspoken about what she wanted from the show. Um, She made the mistake of maybe not choosing her right words when she explained uh, why she didn't submit herself for the Emmy. But all that attention ended up working against her to the point that it ultimately impacted her relationship with Shonda. And so I I want to double back to Ellen Pompeo really quickly, because just one other thing um, that has been making a lot of headlines lately is her talking about Patrick Dempsey making almost double what she made. And this is, you know, she has the staying power. This is, like you said, the backbone of this show. So how do you think that revelation affects just the show's overall brand in, you know, this modern era where we're trying to deal with these issues? I think it makes sense. It made sense then for him to make more. As time wore on, that wasn't deserved. Um, they There should have been more equity. They should have become like the friends cast and negotiated together. Um, and um, that became a problem, not just with those two, too. I mean, Catherine Heigl was seeing the same thing. That was one of her early complaints, why she wasn't be paid as much as Isaiah and, and Sandra Oh. Um, I think that is a fair topic to talk about now. I, I feel like they're finally paying her what her worth is. And she could have ended this show any time, but she didn't. She continued to renegotiate. And as such, she's now the highest paid woman in broadcast television, as well she should be. Yeah. 
and and now it really is her show. So j- I just want to end on Shonda. We brought her up multiple times because you can't not. Um, but she is she did something that really just has never been seen before in TV with this show, Grey's Anatomy. Um, how is she viewed on set? And and what would you say is behind her magic? She's definitely formidable. And, and, and part of this journey, it was so fun to hear what she was like to work with and how incredible it was that this person came to television with no experience whatsoever. And, and while there were men that were brought in to help run the show with her, it was still her show. It was still her last word and how she had a very clear vision from the very beginning what she wanted the the show to be, which is extraordinary. Will she ever create another Grey's Anatomy? I don't know. It's very hard. No great, like David Chase hasn't created another Sopranos. I think that's a lot to ask of geniuses. Uh, But I think she wields a lot of power in this town and she deserves it. That was Entertainment Weekly Editor-at-Large Lynette Rice discussing her new book, How to Save a Life, an Oral History of Grey's Anatomy. For more on this story, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile and maybe tear up a little. Months back, we told you about an incredible story involving two best friends who found out they are actually sisters, Julia Tenetti and Cassandra Madison, who were both adopted at birth in the Dominican Republic, met while working at the same bar in Connecticut, and they even resemble each other. As their suspicions grew, they compared adoption papers, which weren't a match, but a good old home DNA test was so crazy. Well, since their story broke, they had another reunion, this time with their biological father, 54-year-old Adriano Luno. The sisters got the chance to FaceTime him together on Father's Day. Their dad told people that he'd thought of them every night and that he never lost hope that God would let him meet them before he died. Here's what Julia told us about why meeting her father means so much to her. For me, like growing up, I always wanted a dad. And I never got to say happy Father's Day, you know, to my who would have been my father. And there will be more celebrations he'll be a part of because Cassandra is expecting a baby girl. And the sisters are planning a trip to the Dominican Republic to visit him in person. So sweet. Well, have a great weekend. And if you can, head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and comment on the show. I love hearing from you guys. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Darby Masters, and Aliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Dew, Vahid Frazier, and Josh Fisher. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Nikki Etor, Will Lee, and the incredible staff at iHeartRadio and People. <laughs> 